I'm back with another episode of Above the Mean, a podcast about individuals actively working to cultivate their mindset, to pursue their passions, and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. Now, this interview was really cool in the sense that it definitely felt more like a free-flowing conversation rather than an interview. Trinity and I talk about a wide range of topics. I'm not even going to lie, we definitely get off topic a few times, but her thoughts and story about how she handles her Bell's palsy and our conversation about embracing your inner child as well as discussing generational traumas and limiting beliefs really helped fuel my soul. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And we're live. <laughs> Today, I'm joined by Trinity, the walking definition of a creator, because I don't really like the word influencer, but she does it all. A successful YouTuber. She's also the host for the podcast Without Guidance, a poet. She has her own blog, as well as her own clothing. Line. Like, Trinity, what don't you do? I feel like that's a shorter list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't really... I don't really do visual arts as much like painting. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's where, I, that's where I can come in. Cause that's, that's my expertise. Really? <laughs> Dude, there's just so much I want to talk about with you. I almost don't know where to start, but I guess it makes more sense to start chronologically. So we'll just dive on into the nitty gritty. I know you talk a lot in your videos, just kind of about authority. And so it made me curious, how would you describe your childhood? Authority um, in my childhood, of course, I feel like there's many different aspects of authority, like parental or uh, school-wise, so like teachers or things like that, um, the law, of course. Um, for me, I've always been naturally rebellious, so uh, the first type of authority that I can vividly like remember coming in contact with that I was aware was authority was definitely like teachers and administration and people trying to get me in trouble for just naturally being myself. I had this uh, third and fourth grade teacher who she, I used to just zone out in class because I always knew like school was on some bullshit. So <laughs> whenever I would zone out, she would like be very upset with me. Like, and not like in a, you're such a bad kid kind of way. Just like, in a, I don't understand what's going on. Like what's going on at home. And I'm like, bro, it's not you is not my home life. I just don't fuck with this shit. Like, you know, I, I'm just not rocking with it. So um, school was definitely its own like challenge within itself. But the first type of authority that I had to be face to face with a lot that I didn't really realize the negative impact that it was having on me was definitely my father. So my father always depicted himself. Oh, I'm the cool parent. You could tell me anything. But in reality, he was a misogynistic member of the patriarchy who, my father, who, he's an Aries, so I don't know if that's just like bettering the description of him, but he was definitely an authoritative figure that I, I feel like I was fighting against my whole life because, and it was so, it was such a annoying battle because this man is not sitting well within me and my spirit 
But on the other hand, I have my family sitting here saying, that's your father. He's always going to be your father. You have to get along with him regardless of whatever took place. And it's just, it just constantly felt like some bullshit. So whenever I'm fed bullshit by like authority, I, uh, it's been a long journey coming, but I've always had to like really step back and decide on, am I going to revoke this now or am I going to accept this now and then face the consequences of me having to revoke it in the future because I know what's going to be easiest for me now is probably not what's going to be easiest for me in the future and it's like who is it easy for is it easy for me or is it easy for said authority and then you put that on the top of the fact that like I wasn't taught how to establish boundaries with people I wasn't taught how to say no my family told me that I was bossy and I had an attitude too much. It's like authority was always depicted as something that we're supposed to learn from and look up to. But whenever I had to come to terms with it, it was just always deterring me from being who I was at my core. So I think that's why I am very the much the way that I am now online and shit like that. <laughs> no, because you really are like you very much are unapologetically yourself. And that's like what I love. And I feel like that's what a lot of your like viewers respond well to about you is just because you are so blunt, so transparent. You say the shit that like people are afraid to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been like this for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> There have been so many times I've gotten in trouble in school. (laughs) But I love that. And where would you say that, like, that, I don't know if it's confidence or, like, bold manner, like, boldness comes from? Uh, Okay, so I typically credit it to me just being born that way. So, like, I'm a Gemini sun, Gemini rising, Gemini Mercury, Gemini Mars. and A lot of duality. Yeah, I'm a Gemini Venus as well. So I feel like a lot of it gives credit to my my astrological placements because I know people are just born different naturally, but also my upbringing as well. Honestly, it feels like something that's just been in my DNA, in my genetics, because my upbringing did have a lot to do with like people wanting to push me in another direction. And yet I still had to figure out how to maneuver and stay myself the entire time yeah and do like a lot of self-work because I was gonna say in your intro video that I watched on your YouTube channel I really liked it because you kind of dove into like the 22 life lessons that you've learned Mm -hmm. and there were two that really stuck out to me which was number 13 cherish and nurture the relationship you have with your inner child because I feel like that's so important a lot of us we kind of lose that inner child when we grow up essentially because we're taught we're taught to we're taught to grow up but it's like that inner child is what cultivates our creativity and what cultivates our curiosity and our need for wanting to learn and grow and evolve yes and people like to ignore the fact that like just because we're 30 does not mean that our 12 year old self is not still with us like we are still I am the walking embodiment of my one-year-old, 14-year-old, 16-year-old, 20-year-old self. Like, even though I've had to, I've shown up differently at different stages of my life does not mean that it was not authentically me at that time. So I might be older. I might have, you know, more knowledge within my finances and I might be on my, you know, businesswoman shit. Whereas (laughs) when I was 18, I was 
on, on a completely different level, but that doesn't mean that it was not authentically me. And I just, I, I really would love if everybody could just know one thing, it's just the fact that like, we're not gonna talk to our inner child. We're not gonna talk to a four-year-old version of ourselves the same way that we might talk to us currently as we're 22 years old. So it's like, if you're sitting there looking in the mirror and like, oh, I'm so ugly. Like, I don't understand why this boy wants to go out on a date with me. Like, you're not gonna sit there and tell your four-year-old self that. And you are your four-year-old self at the same time. Like, duality is something that shows up a lot in everything that I say. So I, I feel like I have to disclaim that because some people... Some people are like following and then they're like, wait, <laughs> what? No, but I definitely love it because I want to get into that later because I know spirituality is a big, big part of your YouTube content. Mm -hmm. But I know recently, what was it? I think it was number 22 in that video. You talk about embracing change. And mm -hmm. recently you've experienced a huge change. You bought a one-way ticket to Mexico. Can you mm -hmm. kind of talk about what was going through your head? What made you want to do such a drastic or make such a drastic change in your life? Yeah, I, um, ugh, okay, and this is, this has, okay, this is a loaded answer. So I have always been interested in like traveling, of course, like it, the, the desire wasn't that big when I was like a preteen, but the older I got, the more, and the more my mom took me on vacation, I was like, okay, like, I've always wanted to learn Spanish. So I know for a fact that like, I want to go to Spanish-speaking countries. I want to go to Tokyo. I want to go to Italy, X, Y, and Z, uh, Morocco, all those places. And I think that a lot of my desire to travel came from the fact that I hated America. <laughs> like, I did not like America. I felt like America was the big bad enemy in, like, every country's, like, development story. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really tragic, like what it has taken for this country to get where it is today. Um, and I have a lot of resentment towards that. So I was like, I don't wanna be, I don't view myself as a part of this system. Like I will be living my life doing what it do. And a lot of my resentment came from the fact that there are so many structures throughout our world, not even just America that like, I do not, adhere to like for example like traveling within itself like people were under my video where I was talking about selling all my stuff and, and bu buying a one-way ticket like I don't understand how you bought a one-way ticket to another country and in, in my head I'm like I don't understand what the fuck is a country like <laughs> I don't know what you mean by like oh we drew a line we created a fence we built a wall between this plot of land and this plot of land and said this our side and that's your side like, I, and then and it's just like the elitist strategies that come up in America, like America's mind. And when I say America, I'm really just thinking of like some like big white men in a suit that just like. Yeah, like the not, typical stereotype of like yeah. what people think of when, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, when you think of America, like corporate America, capitalism, like that. I'm thinking like capitalism embodied. Like I don't adhere to that shit. So it's like, for example, my mom came down here last week to celebrate her birthday, and she was telling me about the last time that she had went to Mexico, like flew on a plane, and she was saying that like, oh, that was back in like 98 for her senior trip. She went to Mexico, and she was like, yeah, back then you didn't even have to have a passport. You just showed your birth certificate, and I was like, what? Are you for real? Oh. You just showed your birth certificate, and they just, that was it. She was like, yes, like 
this all this new age shit that is not that, that that that's a this is a prison like they're trying to keep you here so that you pay money to to like it it's a whole thing like the way that the system has been created like the fact that if i were to leave america um and like go get residency in like italy for like an extended amount i'm talking about like five years i would still have to pay american taxes only way you're not allowed to pay American taxes is if you renounce your citizenship. And to renounce your citizenship, it is like, it's tens of thousands of dollars to renounce your citizenship, if I'm not mistaken. But there's a lot of issues. You're, you're like concerned. No, no, no. I'm like, because I've never heard of this, but like, it makes so much sense because I know through all my traveling, because I've studied abroad twice when I was in college, the first time was in Beijing. And then the second time was in Prague and like both times they were kind of like, hey, don't really tell people like you're an American because people fucking hate us. And like and I got it and I understood why, because I would talk to like people that I met while I was out and about and just like locals and they would just be like, yeah, Americans are so wasteful. We're so distasteful, this and that and the third. And so like I definitely get the ideology of that, like being American is not necessarily seen as a good thing, especially when you're traveling abroad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even within the country, like there's so much, like the fact that they uh, got rid of so many of the female trees. So you're not gonna go into a park and see a tree that naturally produces fruit there because they're all male trees. Like they don't want us getting free fruit. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is the problem? Like, why do you hate us so much is my question. And it's like America just wants to be number one, but America does not top number one in anything that's good. It's like the, I think the last I checked and the last time I checked was like three years ago, America scored an 86 on like this chart that ranked professionally ranked the best countries in the world. And the ones that topped it were like Norway and Finland. And of yes. course, those are amazing countries. Like the prison system, is, it's not a rehabilitation system. It is slavery. Like so many things have just been relabeled. They didn't get rid of things. They just relabeled it. And because of, like we're, we, we just want to do what capitalism says and pull up our bootstraps and work towards living a better life because everyone can achieve it. Yes, everybody can achieve a better, more sustainable, healthy life. But when you are put in an, in, a, in an area that like in a territory that doesn't naturally want you to achieve those things, like it's hard for you to not get to the point where you have to look around and be like, yo, like shit is really fucked up here. Like, yeah, when you're put in a system that is designed for you to fail, obviously yeah. you're not going to want to be there. So yeah. I definitely can understand that. And so I'm curious when you were moving, like what, cause you've been in Mexico now, what is it? Three, two weeks? About a month, almost a month. A month. And so has it been difficult you making that transition over? Like really just, cause you don't really have a timeline as to when you you plan to come back, right? You're just kind of like vibing and seeing. That's a whole different mindset because I feel like a lot of people, like I would love to do, I plan to do that. Hopefully I'm manifesting that for this summer. But I feel like it's a mindset that not a lot of people are really can wrap their head around. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like, how has it been adjusting to that fact? <laughs> yeah, like how, I guess, in your mind, or I'm trying to think of a better way to word it is just like, can you talk about what was going through your mind when you decided to make this just like, how were you able to? Well, I feel like you've kind of already just had that open mindset. So I'm curious to know more about that. And just like, how has the change been for you? Yeah, 
it's unfolded in steps though. I've always known that I, you know, didn't picture myself as like going to college, getting a house, getting kids, get a job, et cetera. The like stereotypical, yeah, like American dream. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it definitely unfolded in steps. So last year around this time, I did something very similar. I had bought a one-way ticket to Panama City, Panama. And I was there for two weeks. And at that point, I wasn't mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared to be in another country about to like live a whole nother life. So I came back to Atlanta and I eventually found an apartment and did that whole thing. But for me currently, like adjusting here now, it really, it hasn't felt much like adjusting. Like it's really just felt like I'm in another part of the planet with new types of people in a new culture and that's just what it is like it hasn't really been much of a unlearning of uh and I, I'm saying that because I was mentally prepared for it this time like last time I just did an impulsive thing where I bought a ticket and that was that but this time it's been different because I have more security within myself for one that was definitely needed um and I don't know, like I I just, when I think about traveling outside of America, most countries are more nice. (laughs) So I don't really get scared walking around at night the same way I did in Atlanta. Like it's, it's, it's different. Like I'm not saying bad shit don't happen here, but the environments that I have been in and the people, the events that I've gone to, I've seen so many black expats doing the exact same thing as me. And they're just like, bro, yeah. Oh, how long have you been here? I'm like two weeks. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've been here for like six years. Like oh. I've been, yeah, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm staying here forever. This is my new yeah. permanent zip code. Yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's, um, it's a very good thing to experience. I love the diversity that's here and the difference in, just everything, everything. (laughs) And so I know that you kind of talked about fear in such a powerful way in your video about buying a one-way ticket to Mexico. Can you talk about how you kind of dealt with fear and like what it kind of took for you to get over the fear for like when you were mentally preparing? mm -hmm. Well, I knew that at my core, buying the one-way ticket was something that I had been wanting to do ever since I signed the lease to my apartment back in last year. So I knew I had literally been preparing mentally, subconsciously for like six plus months at that time. So when fear did start to arise, I knew that it wasn't because I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to do. I knew that it was because my wounded inner child, my ego was trying to control, like just trying to like grasp onto anything familiar that would make me feel comfort temporarily, even though long-term I knew it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to make me feel comfortable. So therefore I knew I would have had to get my ass on the plane anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that was the main, the main difference. And I've, I've felt fear like that before, but I know when it's something that I am a hundred percent on doing, that's when I am able to understand this fear is not because of uncertainty. This fear is because of comfortability. And that makes a world of a difference. Oh, no, yeah, it does. Because honestly, I feel like that's 
the biggest fear people have is just the fear of getting out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And during this retrograde, I've definitely been out of my comfort zone. Like I've been traveling throughout this whole retrograde (laughs) and it has shown itself in interesting ways. And it's so funny that you say that because I feel like everyone that I've talked to has been like this retrograde hit me. It fucking drove over me like a dump truck. Like it hit people bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just watching Lynette's video on that. And I'm like, damn, like, I, you know, I hate to hear things that I hate to hear that people are not experiencing their best reality, but I'm so glad to not be going through it alone because yeah. that shit was prominent. And at first it didn't start off as bad. The last few days though, had me like, what the fuck? Like it was different. It was definitely different. <laughs> no, last week had me in a chokehold because I would wake up and I would just start crying and I wouldn't even know what the fuck I was crying over, but I'm sure like when I finally sat with myself and I like could figure out what the root of it was, I was just like, damn, because I'm really not that much of an emotional person for to like just have it fester up like that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely thrown me for a loop. Mm-hmm. But I'm but- glad the lesson <laughs> right, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're good. We're getting over it. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. So I know. One of your biggest YouTube videos that blew up was your day in the life on shrooms. And so now that you're in Mexico, I was wondering, have you thought about trying DMT since I know that they grow naturally in Mexico and South America? Yeah, I definitely, um, well, DMT, I guess. Yeah, but I definitely want to do ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is what I've been So DMT, for those who may not know, it's like, it's basically like another hallucinogenic similar to like shrooms and LSD, but it's actually the main active ingredient in ayahuasca. Yes. Yeah. In ayahuasca and in our brains already, it's already in our brains. It's the chemical that releases when um, we are dying actually, which is why people go on a trip. They say their life flashes before their eyes is because DMT basically astral projects you out of your body. So you're experiencing who the fuck knows. (laughs) It's different for everybody, but it's very cool. It's very cool. And so I know you have experience with astral projections too, right? Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Um, I've done it, I want to say twice, but sometimes I'm not sure. But anyways, when I was a kid, I used to lucid dream a lot. I have stopped lucid dreaming, but I had my first astral projection experience um, like two years ago, I think now uh, that video came out and it was a very unique experience. I talked very much in detail about it in that video, but um, from my perspective of it, I don't know how to perceive it. It was just very, it, I think it was more so of a like, hey, you got this, you got this talent here that you can utilize whenever you need. And back then I was more so afraid to astral project because all you hear about negative entities possibly being in other dimensions that you could come across but like the thing is like you have to acknowledge the fact that like you have a physical body on this dimension so therefore you are powerful as fuck and we're not taught that we're just naturally powerful and that we naturally have superpowers so I think that uh, a large part of my fear was coming from a place that it shouldn't have been but um I'm definitely going I don't know I'm, I'm gonna get back into it I feel like it's easier for me to do when I am 
uh, doing more vegan or plant-based eating. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Does it like kind of help with just like making you like feel more just what, what is, what does the vegan do for it? Veganism and just staying away from like processed sugar and like food like that. It basically, in my words, it connects you closer to your God body. So that's why when you go on ayahuasca retreats, typically they recommend like up to a month in advance where you follow a strict diet, um, no alcohol, no weed, no other types of substances, no meats, because um, once you eat milk or dairy or, or meat products, you are ingesting the consciousness of whatever being you're eating. So you can't like, it, it's gonna, it's gonna create like a blockage between you and your higher self, like your ability to go out and out of, out of your body pretty much because you got all other consciousnesses within you. Yeah. Like um, the other consciousnesses are fighting. Whereas instead of just having it be your single consciousness, damn, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. So with ayahuasca, it's a very strict thing. Like you, you cannot fucking take a shot three days before going on an ayahuasca ceremony. Like that's a no-go. Yeah, so, yeah. De- yeah, definitely. See, I never knew that that it was something you kind of very much have to prepare for. Like I knew you had it to be in the right mental state, but mm. I didn't realize how much prepare you have to do. Yeah. And also another thing about alcohol, my friend just told me this and she was just like spirits, like it's called spirits, like you know how alcohol, like old people will refer oh, to yeah. it as spirits. Like you you type up spirits and like there's out there's liquor stores named spirits. And I'm like, whoa, like that is the biggest symbolism that has been in our face this whole fucking time. And alcohol is already like a low vibrational substance. But just the simple fact that it's referred to as spirits. People have um, on many altars, people leave their ancestors like bottles of alcohol, like whether it be like rum or, or, or whatever. Alcohol is just a very big, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. And I don't want to say it in a wrong manner, but I think the fact that we also refer to alcohol as spirits tells you what could possibly be happening when you're ingesting alcohol. So mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely hints to the fact or alludes to the fact when people say like you drink alcohol, you kind of get like for some people, a whole other persona comes out. So I can definitely see that and like the correlation between the two. Yes, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And now Trinity. So I know that you're in Mexico right now. I see you have started kind of like your own retreats. You've invited like your followers to come to Mexico with you in Morocco. Can you talk a little bit about that? Are you is this kind of something like a new venture for you? Um, yeah, so the retreats are happening in January and in March of 2023. These are my first retreats that I've been putting on, but I've been putting on events for over a year. So I've hosted a lot of events in Atlanta. All of them have pertained to like shroom involvement. So we had a trip and paint where we had instead of alcohol we had like shroom lemonade and everybody came and they created art on their canvases we've had a trippy screen on the green um why can't I oh we had a trippy bonfire we've had a lot of different events um in Atlanta that I've hosted and I really enjoy hosting events and um the retreats are just another way to create community of course a lot of people who have signed up this is their first time leaving the country at all um so I'm very excited to uh start to do that it's definitely going to be 
definitely going to be another type of business venture for sure for me. So I'm excited. No, that's really like, that's dope. Like I never heard of someone like kind of starting their own retreat. And so Mm -hmm. I really love that because I feel that one, yeah, like you said, it's a great way to foster community, but it's also like, I feel like it's really helpful in the sense that people who want to travel, who may not have be like as bold and brave as you to go by yourself, it allows them that space to kind of do it, especially with like-minded people. Yeah. That's what I'm the most excited for because we've started a group chat. People are in there getting to know each other and everybody is like so eager. Um, it's going to be so fun, especially for the one from Morocco. Um, I'm, I'm very, I've never been to Morocco, so I'm so excited for that. It's going to be nice. No, I'm honestly jealous because I really want to go to Morocco. That's definitely up there on my list because I know you had mentioned Japan. I freaking love Japan. I want to go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, oh, that sounds so lit. Oh. Japan has always seemed so cool, but I've been worried about the racism or the black fascination. (laughs) I will say yes. Like when I was there and I had braids at the time, I literally could not go anywhere without people just kind of coming up to me, asking to like touch my braids. I rode the subway and this woman was like, can you take a picture with my baby? Like you, you will full on be a celebrity over there. Yes. Wait a minute. Okay. And I just they know black people exist so they know exist but they just they don't get to see it like it's one thing to see something on tv but it's another thing to physically see it and like i know damn well sure i'm probably in like 10 other people's homes like in their family pictures like from whenever i went out and people would ask to take my picture like we we went to the fucking we went to the mall and we went to the nike store and they had like a little basketball hoop. And I went with like a few of the guys who were like studying abroad with me. And we pretended like we were part, they were part of the NBA. But naturally, these guys were not even like six feet tall. So they weren't making baskets. But everyone in that store was looking around and just like standing in awe. I'll have to find a video and put it in there. But they were really, I was like, yeah, yeah. That is, you know, that's another aspect of traveling too that like I don't get asked about frequently. Just the fact of like, for example, in Mexico, I didn't think that I was going to be the darkest skin person that I've seen in like days, but I have been. And that's been so interesting because in Panama, it is so diverse. Like in Mexico, I don't know, the, the shade range is like here, but in Panama, Panama people there, they did not understand the fact that I didn't speak much Spanish. They were like, okay, but you look like my best friend. Like you look like my little sister. Like your skin is the same tone, you know? And their features, like there have been multiple black men that I've seen, I've met in Panama. And I'm like, you don't speak no English. You look like somebody I went to school with. And it's like, <laughs> I know Ablo English. Like, no. <laughs> no. So that's that's so interesting. But I definitely gotta go to Japan for sure, for sure. Nah, it's definitely live. It's definitely live. One thing to kind of switch gears, I know you've kind of stopped uploading as consistently on your YouTube channel and you've been kind of doing more with your podcast without guidance. I recently listened to your episode about change and how change is the only constant. And I really liked it because you talked about how all the changes you recently going through and like one of the biggest changes for you has been taking a step back from your YouTube channel. Can you kind of talk about that and like why the sudden shift? Um, okay, so 
I'm gonna just keep it honest. Back in February, yeah. February, some bullshit happened with another YouTuber. So that is that had me step back and really have to reevaluate my whole like the way that I not even the way that I showed up on the internet, but well, not me personally, but like the way that I was creating content because everything was authentically me, but there was there did become a point where I felt like. I'm learning shit in life coaching on Monday and then turning around and making a video about it on Wednesday. And it's like, I haven't even processed all this newfound information before I'm oversharing it with an audience of over 120,000 people. So like, you know, it's valuable content. Yes. And yes, I enjoy talking about the shit that I go through and the things that I'm learning, but how can I create boundaries for myself that um, you know will be will be places boundaries with me and my audience. So that was um, something, and I'm glad that I came to that realization because another limiting belief that I had was, okay, YouTube is my main source of income. So if I stop making YouTube videos, I'm afraid that like I'm not gonna have enough money to pay rent. I stopped making YouTube videos and then I turn around and so many different financial opportunities came up for me from other platforms. So it was a, it was a, it was a win situation, but at the time it was some fucking bullshit because the YouTuber that tried me up on some crazy shit when I knew that she was going to try to expose me or whatever but it was just the fact that like people believed what she was saying because for a while before it before shit was uploaded I was like okay like this bitch is just weird like yeah like you're not paying any mind yeah and it was interesting because I had stopped watching her content like a few years before because I was like damn like this girl is really negative you know like I understand like she's going through what she goes through and she talks about her shit online and whatever but like for me I'll talk about my shit online but I'm always gonna I'm always gonna be like but at the end of the day like I will prevail but like for her it was just like I'm broke I'm sad I'm moving again like it was it was it was just that kind of repetitive behavior and so when shit came out and hit the fan I guess the way that people were attacking me I was like legitimately like what the fuck like I was legitimately like shocked I'm like wow like so shoddy just like released some 20 minute video saying x y and z and never listed anything that she did and some of some of the shit that she even said about me was not true and i'm just like it was just a it was a nasty situation and i'm just like i can't believe that people actually believed her and people got mad at me for not saying anything because i'm like what the fuck am i supposed to say like if you can't realize 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 have you heard that have you heard that that quote about no. <laughs> real eyes realize realize like oh it's so, it's so that nasty. hit so hard oh i love that <laughs> it is so nasty if you're not reading it like you can't just say that shit and get away with it like you gotta understand what you see what i'm saying so, <laughs> no i need that on a shirt i mean <laughs> It was so interesting because I felt like, all right, well, coming at me, glad to know that y'all are being like cleared out the way for whoever the fuck my content is actually meant for. Because I felt like if when I see things going down between people on the internet, for one, now I understand like, I don't feel like anything I see on the internet that involves people, I don't take it 
a hundred percent. Like, I don't feel like I have enough evidence to format my own opinion on it because it did not happen to me. And it's like, if somebody comes to me talking shit about somebody else, all I'm hearing is that person's opinion on that other person. So it's like, it doesn't feel it, it in my spirit being somebody that it has happened to where someone is just talking shit and people are just insanely believing it. I know the truth will always prevail, but in that moment, I just cannot sit there and toy around like oh yeah let's talk shit because it's fun like you yeah, know yeah you chose to do the mature thing which was to remove yeah. yourself from the situation yeah and so yeah I didn't say much I said something eventually but I just posted that shit on my story and let it delete within 24 hours and it was just so interesting how I had to then become be faced with another part of being a content creator or influencer I'm not a fan of that word either but it was another aspect of the, the career that I had to understand. It's just like, people are only looking for entertainment. Like people are not clicking, people are clicking on my videos and watching them shits, but not even ingesting much of what I'm saying, which is so interesting to me because I feel like if I show up authentically, how can someone not see that if they don't see, if they do see themselves? Now, if they, if they don't see themselves, a hundred percent then I understand that therefore they cannot see me like you can't see me if you don't see yourself exactly and I was just gonna say that's really what it comes down to is just they don't even know who they are so they don't even know how to show up for themselves yeah it's that was a whole thing so that was why I took the break and then that's why I, I switched gears and it helped me understand other ways that I can be creative without it just being this one thing all the time no because I like your podcast like even in that same episode you talked about just like all the positivity and like all the positive things that came for you when you started to embrace change and you essentially got rid of the notion of the box mindset which essentially is just the ideology that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's essentially going to work out. And that's, that's just the definition of insanity. So I'm curious, like, how did you escape from that box mindset? What helped you to shift your mindset in order to embrace that? Um, definitely that situation with the other YouTuber for sure. Um, and also like all of my previous romantic engagements have all very much played out the same. I love how you use that word. I'm sorry. Engagements, not even entanglements, not relationships. Engagement. Not relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic in- engagements. Like I have seen a, a long pattern within romance and within friendships where I've been like, why the fuck would I want to continue living my life where this is I'm to meet someone new and whether they are a friend or a romantic partner, it's going to be the exact same way. And it's going to play out the same way. Like I am not a fan of, I like consistency, but not that kind of consistency. So now I'm having to understand like, well, what is it within me that continuously uh, attracts friends who have mother issues and that somehow plays a very large part in our friendship like that shit seems unrelated but trust and believe it's definitely related um that's just an example so um a lot of the way that I've 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 gotten rid of not liking change has definitely revolved around me not wanting the same experiences over and over again. Like, yeah, healing be hard, but healing be fun too. Like 
people don't talk about how fun it is to actually heal from some shit and move on. Like, I don't, I, like the hard, hardest part be like talking to people, be like finally understanding what exactly it is within your subconscious that's like repeating and making you come into uh, contact with whoever, you know, in such a negative standing. But um, it's fun to finish that really difficult conversation. Y'all, y'all pat it out. Y'all, you know, make up, either make up and move on or make up and establish boundaries to continue whatever kind of relationship y'all have and then move forward and live your life like that shit is fun like there's too many people out here to be hooked on to somebody who's not doing the shit correctly for you so no I 1000% agree with you because I like I'm currently in the process of going through my own self journey and like the biggest I think reflection for me is learning the way in which I communicate with people especially like guys and like relationships like there have been times when like I I will have gotten like arguments with a guy and like old Veronica would have been like bro fuck you like this that and the third but now instead I'm like taking a step back and I'm just kind of being like okay I feel this way because you hurt me because of X, Y, Z. And I didn't appreciate that because of this and this. And I'm like, damn, I'm really just out here growing. And that's what we like. We love that. We love a healed woman because we love when you can communicate better with other because it just leads to better things, better relationships, better outcomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so I know... One of your other YouTube videos that kind of blew up was your video on Bell's palsy, which I found really interesting because I honestly didn't know too much about it. And I feel like that's you even uh, alluded to that in your video that it kind of blew up because the way in which you spoke about Bell's palsy was just so raw, so real. (laughs) And I just I honestly really enjoy it. I'm laughing because it's like people were so inspired. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, like, this is how I was born. But <laughs> No, and saying? I love that. But I also loved because I thought it was interesting. You say like, because you mentioned incidents where people kind of cure their Bell's palsy through like different things. And like, I thought it was interesting in the video, you kind of talked about how, yes, you were born with it, but you also kind of referenced to you think part of it might have been due to the emotional trauma your mom went through. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like everything comes full circle. Like my father, I feel like me and my father have definitely experienced past lives together. Um, Whether the dynamic had been switched and I was the verbally abusive father and he was a child, I don't know. I have to do some deep diving into that. But um, yeah, of course the doctors told her, oh, medically, you, you know, you waited too long to push her out. That's why X, Y, and Z. But in my spirit, I know for a fact that that shit either came from some past life trauma or uh, the trauma within my father being verbally abusive because I make it clear, like duality really does center around everything that I fucking talk about. So when I talk about the right side of my body being masculine and the left side being feminine, I am able to understand when there are not, there's not a balance between certain aspects of both sides of my body and for my right side to have always been my problem side you know I'm I'm definitely like 
evaluating everything I do. For example, I'm right-handed. I write with my right hand, and yet I have Bell's palsy on the right side of my face. So it seems like my masculine side is trying to be in control, trying to be the dominant side. However, there's some subconscious hurt here that we were not taught to uncover because you got to be strong. Like you got to get over it. You're the eldest daughter. You're the, for a while I was the only daughter in my family. So everyone's looking at me like, oh, I'm the one that's supposed to go to college and make everyone happy in X, Y, and Z. And yet y'all are not ad addressing your, your traumas. And therefore it's not helping me to address my trauma. You're not allowing me to understand the relationship that I have with my father is toxic. Like you we're just sweeping that shit under the rug because he's father. Like Yeah, like know? not addressing it full forward and like full face so that you can kind of break People. that cycle, break yes. that trauma. Yes. And so I guess uh, just like a quick, could you quickly like define in your way like Bell's palsy for those who listeners who may not know? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So Bell's palsy is the disruption of the nerves on the right side of my face. A lot of people think it's the muscle, but it's not the muscle. It's the nerves. Um, and therefore, like I can't, uh, my smile is uneven. I can't close my right eye fully. Um, and I can't lift my right eyebrow all the way up like I can on my left side and so when I was younger people would just look at my face and they would assume that like I was being over dramatic on the left side where and so therefore they'd make fun of it they'd be like why does your lip go up like that but it's not my lip going up it's the fact that my right side isn't putting in any work so therefore um it, it looks lopsided but it's not I mean, but I mean, it is, but it looks lopsided, but you're, you're you got to address it for what it is correctly, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like the left side is the one doing, it's doing what like everyone else's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the right side's in snooze. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that's really interesting. Would you say that your relationship kind of with your father was when you started or I don't want to put words in your mouth. When would you say, because I know you talk about it in your videos, therapy, when did you start going to therapy? Because I'm always the biggest advocate for therapy. I love therapy. And I think it's helped me so much. Um, I started going to therapy when I was in like middle school. I want to say I was like 13, 14, actually, because I, I think I was like early high school as well. Um, that's when I entered therapy. But you said something about my dad. How did my dad play a part? Or, well, I was just curious, like, what made you want to start going to therapy? I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, I don't yeah, want to assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, therapy's cool. I like therapy, but I like other healing tactics better. So hypnotherapy is something that I abide by where I've talked about that on my channel a lot because I do enjoy healing, but I don't enjoy, um, I don't enjoy stretching shit out. Like I just want to get to the point. I want to get to the root of whatever it is. And so hypnotherapy definitely allowed me to address so much, so much quicker than traditional therapy. And for me, my traditional therapy looks like I have a life coach. So we meet once a week um, 
we meet once a week for four weeks and then we do bi-weekly. So for like a like three, maybe four months. So we just plan it out like that. And um, I find myself like not needing him during certain times in my life. And then maybe six months later, I'll need to do it again. But um, that definitely works really well for me. And therapy, I have a hard time finding a therapist. Like, I don't know where to look. And then it's like, I don't know how much it costs. Life coaching, I know the guy that I, I do it with, he's also a tarot reader. And I also enjoy tarot reading for like healing purposes as well. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's really dope. Cause honestly, I haven't heard too much about hypnotherapy and I know you mentioned it in a few of your videos. So I'm, I'm really interested to learn more about that later on. Cause I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really fucking dope. <laughs> what would you it's say has really been like, what, can you say has been the most memorable hypnotherapy session that you've had? Um, definitely the session where I had to, I had recently in my real life, I had come across like some older pictures of me in like my preteen years. And I had been making fun of that version of myself. And I go to, I forgot what I was struggling with in my real life. I think it had to do with the fact that like, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was during a time where I felt very uninspired with creating content um, on YouTube. And I was in between houses. I had just moved out of my first apartment and I was looking for another one, but I kept getting denied. So I think that that was something that was like a very prominent issue. So I go to my hypnotherapist and um, basically I was transported onto a beach when I was 16 in Florida, after I had gotten my first tattoo and I turn around and I see my 16 year old self crying on the beach. And I go up to her and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, you won't stop making fun of me. Like you're no better than any of them. And during that time I was getting bullied a lot um, in school. Like I have been getting bullied for about four years by, by different people. Um, so it was just like a, a big eye opener because it was like I, a large part of me was discrediting myself because I'm like, due to the fact that she wasn't who I currently am, I was discrediting her forever authentically being me, even though at that time that was my authentic as fuck self. So yeah, I hope that was easy to follow along with. So um, I used to wear my hair differently. I used to wear like very bold lip colors. Um, I used to be, I used to dress completely differently and I've always liked clothes, but I was dressing totally differently. And so I was just making fun of her for no fucking reason, probably because I was feeling insecurity within myself um, at that time in my life. And it was just a big eye opener. Like I can't talk shit about any version of myself, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like definitely relates back to what you were saying earlier, where it's like, you your inner child like that four-year-old you that 13 year old you it doesn't go away you're still there yes you're just yes. showing up in a different way yes absolutely so I know like I had been talking about earlier spirituality is like a big part of your page who kind of helped you on your spiritual journey or who kind of awakened you to it hmm. I mean I guess my mom my mom became a yoga teacher when I was like early middle school and I hated it. I did not want to do yoga ever. So, but she was the first like introduction I had to like any kind of spiritual teaching. But um, 
because I went through a lot of different periods. Of course, I grew up Christian. Then I found myself being like an atheist. Like I didn't really believe in anything, but I didn't feel like that was the very strong truth. I just felt like I didn't know what to believe. Yeah. Um, damn, what was, oh, during the pandemic, I had found Shanetta's Divine Tarot on YouTube and she had made a video talking about manifestation and she had this little journal in her hand and she's like, what, like she said something like, oh, how to create your own reality. I seen that shit and I was like, what the fuck she mean? How to create your own reality, like, bitch I this life is like a wave pool and I am just in that bitch like just getting <laughs> thrown around like what is she talking about and so that was my first introduction and I made a video on my channel after watching that video called what is it getting my shit together or getting my life together and that was the start of me learning about law of attraction and creating your own reality pretty much <laughs> so yeah no, I'm a big believer in positivity like being positively delusional because mm. I had recently made a episode and a video I'll do later about just talking about how I kind of manifested this new life for me essentially and like it came through just me talking and like acting as if I already had attained that life yes really that's dope <laughs> that's so dope so I've really been interested in your content because I know you talk a lot about like Sonder and shadow work and uh, shadow work's one that I'm not too familiar with honestly Sonder I love I definitely that trips me out but shadow work's something that I do want to learn a little bit more about definitely would recommend it for sure did you watch the video that I made no and that's why it made me think of that because I need to watch that yeah that that was um that was my moment of being like understanding the role that everybody in my childhood played in my life. It was definitely through shadow work. And it was the very first time where I've been able to be fucking honest with myself. Like you can say anything in when your shadow work, if you want to talk about the fact that you want to kill someone who traumatized you as, as a child, like you are entitled to those feelings and from actually acknowledging and feeling them better to you know move on and and be happy and find clarity within that situation so yeah definitely. so kind of in a way it like helps you really take a look and like mirror yourself and get a deeper I guess understanding as to your true self yeah I, but I for sure true self yeah or it, it, it gets it gets you a deeper look at the self that you were taught to be subconsciously mm. that's what it is it helps you understand like for example like um a, a limiting belief that I have been overcoming <clears throat> surrounds a lot with money and I had to sit down and be like my mom views money like this and how I know she does it is because when I was growing up you know, she would express shame and guilt when I would ask her for something and she couldn't buy it for me. My father views money like this, my grandma like this. So from analyzing that, I then realized that I have felt a subconscious, what is the word? A subconscious fear of becoming rich because I felt like my family would be jealous of me becoming rich. and it's an interesting thing to say and many people will probably be like that's a weird feeling to have like I couldn't imagine but when I first wrote it 
I was like, no, no. Like, what the fuck? No, like that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but no, like that's, that's definitely part of the truth as to why I have felt very willy nilly with my finances because of the way that my family has looked at that shit growing up. And I never had any like good, good examples of what a relationship with money should look like. So that's definitely what shadow work does. It definitely uncovers like who you were taught to be and how that fucked you up. (laughs) Yeah, That's honestly like this book that I, it's um, next on my to-do list to read. It's called, it, it like starts with something like it ends with us or something like that, but essentially talks about the finance oh, in the it, note section. Yeah. It, it, oh, um, it didn't start with you. Yes. And it talks about just like your family I traumas. I read that book. I read that book. That shit was so hard. Basically what happened is it, I've read it twice. And for those of you who don't know what the book is about, it's basically about this guy who he went on his own journey of like exploring um like healing because he was blind he went blind or mostly blind and he went to like some country in like Asia and went on this like very long meditation retreat and was meditating consistently for like a long ass time and basically one one day the monk just told him go home like to his family and he's like what the fuck like I ain't trying to go home to my family like I got trauma of course he didn't say it like that but he's like no like so he went to another monk and the monk told him to go home and from his home he then uncovered like a whole bunch of reasons and then a whole bunch of stuff basically and then his eyesight began to restore itself naturally but the story of course that led him to wanting to uncover like what does this mean for other people with similar trauma and he ended up having this client who her entire life she just had this strong desire to want to kill herself like just strong desire her whole life to want to kill herself like it was, it was really bad. And when he asked her, he was like, well, how do you envision yourself killing yourself? And he was, she was like, uh, my brother works at like some kind of steel factory. And I basically want to jump into a vat of acid. He's like, what the fuck? Like a vat okay, of some acid. Like Harley Quinn Joker-esque. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it was like a very specific way to want to go out. And so he's like, like, that's random. Like, let's think about this deeper. And then after a while, he was like, did you ever have a family member who died in the Holocaust? And she was like, no. And then she left, went, came back on another session. And then she was like, I actually did have a family member. She was like her great, great grandma, one of those greats. She um, actually, her and her entire family, I think she had like a she had like a twin sister or like a, just a sister. And then um, to, uh, to, of course, two parents and her whole family basically went into the Holocaust and they all died in a gas chamber except for her. She ended up escaping the Holocaust and went on to like get married and have kids. And it was a trauma that was so deep that nobody in the family ever talked about it, but some people knew about it. And so which tense as to why the girl was like, no, like I've never had nobody in the Holocaust. And then she was like, wait, my grandma was in the Holocaust. Basically, 
That trauma was so deep that the grandmother had survivor's guilt her entire rest of her life, which is why that survivor's guilt translated through her genes and into her great-great-granddaughter who wants to die by basically being in a gas chamber. Like you just jumping into a vat of acid, your body is gonna like evaporate immediately. And it, he was basically saying like, we are in existence up to like 16 to 20 generations before we are here. So like generations before us, like we were in our mother's ovaries and in our father's sacks, like, or I think mainly the mom, but we were in existence in their, in their bodies during like before slavery like this is why and and books like this is the reason why i'm like my bell's palsy is not like that shit was not a medical like instance like that shit happened before like whether it be past life shit or intergenerational trauma that shit is persistent so it's like when you see families who have like severe um like severe eczema or like psoriasis or like uh, very bad mental health issues, alcohol abuse, that shit is intergenerational. Like even if they didn't see somebody within their lifetime have that shit, I can guarantee you somebody a few generations back had such immense trauma surrounding that shit, they passed it down through their genetics. It's crazy. No, but <laughs> it's so real and it's so true because it's just like, even in a simpler form, like, when you're talking about your Bell's palsy, I instantly made that connection and kind of thought back to what you were saying earlier, because I 1000% believe in the fact that energies are so like quickly and easily transferred over onto other people. Like when you're in a room with someone else, you can pick up on their energy and like their energy gets transferred to you when you're talking to them, when you're vibing with them. That's why they say like guard your energy, guard your guard, like who you kind of hang around with, because that, that stuff is very much in a way transitional and so when that that's really interesting I didn't realize that that's kind of what the essence of that book was about and that actually makes me really excited to get into it now yes yes you should definitely read it oh also I'm not sure this is kind of like the same kind of uh niche I'll text it to you after but Brian Weiss he is a uh, past life regression hypnotherapist and he's my favorite in the game he's like old as shit but like all his books I love his books and all of his books basically give you that same kind of information. But instead of like doing dealing with childhood trauma and stuff like that, he deals with strictly like past life stuff, like people having survivor's guilt from there was a, a girl who had this survivor's guilt from um, she basically existed in like medieval times and there came a flood and she died with her baby in her arms. And that led her to having like immense anxiety in the current lifetime that she was living in like the eighties. Like it was some, it's, it's really cool. Awesome to you. <laughs> no, definitely do. Cause now I'm starting to think like, I've always had this weird fear, this weird notion that I was going to die in a car accident. And mm. now I'm kind of wondering if like, maybe it's not necessarily my fear, but like an ancestral, like from one of my great, great grandmothers or fathers or something. So have you, and that yeah. that's really interesting, huh? Yes. Anytime huh. anyone has an immense fear, I'm like, that sounds like some past life shit, but no one's ever ready to hear it. Like <laughs> no one's ever ready to hear it. <laughs> nah, I could get into this with you all day. So that's, that's really interesting. What change stands out the most for you in your spiritual awakening? 
Um, I'm gonna say changes within myself. Definitely the fact that I've come to understand that just for, I love education. Like I love being knowledgeable about some shit, which is, I feel like why I'm also, I love doing podcast interviews. Like you're the, only, you're the second person that's ever asked me to do a podcast, which people find interesting. Like you've been on any other podcast, like, no, like <laughs> I love talking about shit because of the knowledge that I have surrounding certain shit. So like, that's why I'm like jumping to tell you the story time about what's in that book. So I've definitely come to understand like knowledge for me I find so much comfortability within knowledge. So for example, the guy that I just brought up to you, Dr. Brian Weiss, he basically helped me not be afraid of death and understand death for what it really is. Uh, clearly not an end to an end, but an end with a new beginning. And what that means for like the development of my soul and my ascension pretty much. And um, yeah, just having those very difficult answers, I mean, <clears throat> very difficult questions answered has given me so much clarity and so much more comfortability with the way that I'm supposed to be living my life. And like, it doesn't even have to be like outside things like that, like even uncovering shit within myself, like for example, the financial thing that I was just telling you about with the subconscious beliefs, like simply understanding that makes it so much easier for me to be like oh well let's just not believe that anymore like let's just you know at make make strides towards replacing that with something that's actually positive and beneficial this is easy <laughs> yeah, this is easy it's basically like recognizing the ideologies or the beliefs that you were taught that no longer kind of serve you in a way yeah 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 and and that's uh definitely one of my favorite parts of it because I'm like you know everybody can get into this shit right here <laughs> you know so that's <laughs> that's like my logic behind it <laughs> no and I love that I really do because I know you kind of talk about on your website like your goal is to help others and help them get rid of their limiting beliefs that are like keeping them from going after their dreams Mm -hmm. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and kind of like what advice do you have for people who are trying to unlearn a belief mm -hmm. or a thought that they were taught while growing up? Um, I think that like the most important part of that, of course, which is the first part is like finding out what exactly that belief is and how it shows up in your life. Like that is the most important part because we can't do shit if we don't know. Like, of course, we might know that we want to heal our romantic trauma. We don't understand why we're still attracting the same person. But it's like, you don't know how to even tackle that situation until you've really looked in the mirror. And another thing that I like to point out is the answer is always directly in front of us. Always directly in front of us. Like, we experience so much synchronicity on a daily basis that it's, like, ridiculous how, like, it's like not even there sometimes, most times. Like we don't even see it most times because we're just navigating out of whatever space we're so accustomed to navigating out of. But like the step one is acknowledging like your role to play in conflict, of course, conflict within self and within others. We can't do shit until we acknowledge where we've gone wrong. And I think that's so important because like lots of people don't like taking responsibility for shit. 
but it's like for me now and of course I didn't used to like taking responsibility for shit but for me now whenever issues do arise and that's why I'm so grateful for the group of friends that I do have especially Trey because like shit gets shit gets corrected right then and there like there are <laughs> multiple times where like maybe says something like uh with a tone that wasn't suitable for the situation or uh got really defensive uh against somebody like a friend of mine when I shouldn't have and I just enjoy the fact that I'm able to step back and evaluate when I have fucked up um and also when I have it because sometimes no like I don't be tripping and this is just me establishing a boundary and the other person is not going for it therefore like we can't be friends so really acknowledging the role that we play within ourselves and within the relationships that we have and within our traumas definitely is the first step to changing them for sure no I think I think that was beautifully said honestly and now it's very it's very raw it's very true because it's like it really does start with the work from within with for you yeah now I was gonna I have one more serious question okay, okay. what advice do you have for people who want to be more bold and more confident that's a good question um oh how do you answer that question (laughs) what advice do I have for people who want to be more bold and more confident I mean for the people who were not as lucky enough as you to be born with such charisma yeah so many people have so many limiting beliefs And it just shows up in ways that they don't even realize. And it's just like so interesting for me now to like come in contact with somebody and just hear undertones of whatever they're saying and understand, oh, this is because they're insecure. Bro, people really need to evaluate the way that they talk. I'll say that. People need to evaluate the way that they talk because the way that you speak is so revealing. And it's like, I think that if you've heard things over and over again, you also need to take that into consideration as well. But really evaluate the way that you talk. Like, are you broke? Are you really broke? And it like, people just be like, oh, I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke over and over again. But it's like, that is such a limiting belief. And it's like, people don't understand the fact that like their words really create their own reality like we say that shit all the time but it's like it's different to really understand that shit so really understand how you talk about yourself like how you see yourself and uh, I'm just trying to see how to say say this in a way that's just like easier to digest I feel like you were definitely on something with that one yeah I really, I don't know if it's because, well, I'm also a Gemini, so my Mercury is very, um, Mercury rules Gemini, and that's the planet of communication, so I'm definitely big on words, but I still feel like those are the building blocks of your reality, as well as the words that you hear from the people who are surrounded by you, for sure. Definitely create your own reality from that, like, and, and until we step back and, like, understand and evaluate like how that shows up within our mind like there's not going to be much that you can do about it so like speak highly of yourself like 
why would you not, to be honest? Like I came across somebody who I used to uh, be friends with in my childhood and they were telling me about this art competition that they wanted to, to go into. And I was like, you should do that. Like your art is dope. And before they were showing me their art, they were like just giving me so many disclaimers. Like, okay, so uh, my teacher was telling me, you know, you only got 10 more minutes left on this. So I was kind of rushing, but I'm about to show it to you anyway. I'm like, bro, just show me the shit. Like, clearly you want to show it to me. So why are you giving me so many disclaimers? The way, that, that's something else I want to talk about. The way that people disclaim themselves is so severe. I need to make a TikTok about that shit. Because girls will slide into my DMs and they're like, hey, sorry for like existing on the same planet as you. But like, I just wanted to tell you that I really love your content. Like, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like what like that just does it just doesn't make sense people using immense disclaimers within their their vocabulary and people just like not using enough positive words about themselves within a day like you need to evaluate that that's what i'll say <laughs> no that that was perfect because that is so true like the way that you talk about yourself is the way that other people are going to perceive you so naturally if you are walking around with big ass disclaimers like you're not going to think very highly of yourself and therefore other people aren't going to think very highly of yourself, yes. highly of you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So start with the way you speak. <laughs> no. And I love that. Damn. I feel like we've been, I've been asking you like these really deep, real personal questions. So to end the podcast, I like to have a little bit more fun, ask more little light questions. So we'll get into it with this little fun question lightning round. Okay, great. Who was your first celebrity crush and are you still into them? Oh, Jada Smith. Jaden or Jada? Jaden. Jaden Smith. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jaden Smith. Um, absolutely love Jaden Smith. Um, still do. Um, romantically, because I know one day we're gonna become friends. So I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm no romance, but just like the mutual like respect and attraction, totally there for it. Um and Justin, well, Justin Bieber was when I was younger, but Jaden, Jaden came, Jaden came first. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I have so, some other ones, some very other persistent ones, but um, yeah, Jaden. <laughs> I'm honestly in love with the whole Smith family. I used to say I'm going to marry Jaden just so that Will Smith could be my father-in-law. Like yes. I just would love to have a seat at their dinner table. Yes. Uh, yes. I would. I cannot wait to be on the red table talk. I already know what's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. (laughs) Do you know? That would be dope, honestly. Yeah. If you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? Um am I really gonna say water? (laughs) (laughs) Am I really gonna say like high quality alkaline water? Oh, I just feel like water is life. Like that shit is just so good. Um, but I'm also dehydrated as fuck right now. So I feel like because I like, know you can't be drinking the water in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I just ordered some bottles of water on like this uh, on Uber Eats. Like, <laughs> um, but let me think of something more fun. <laughs> um, oh, definitely a journal. Well, for life though, like I don't want a lifetime of journals like in one sitting. Um music. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, music. All yeah. right. Honestly, yeah, that there really is no, there was no wrong answer, but that was the right answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and last, I'll just close it off with what's next for Trinity? What is next? I'm really on my boss shit right now. 
Like I'm really retrograde was a whirlwind, but it definitely gave me the the fire under me to like get so fucking serious about my finances and my sources of income. Um, I am about to get more on my consultations. I really miss doing that. My friend had hired me uh, like a, two months ago, a month and a half ago. She just hit me up randomly and was like, hey, so on your media kit, I seen that you're charging $700 for Instagram reel, but um, I've only been charging a hundred and I got more followers than you. So can you help? <laughs> and I'm like, girl, yes. So she had booked the consultation with me. We got on the phone and I was so excited. Like I hadn't been able to talk about oh, here's what you can do to make more money as an influencer, like in a while. So we got on the phone and I was just like, so glad to be giving somebody that knowledge. Um, and I acknowledge that like, this is a legitimate passion of mine. So I need to stop playing around with it. Like I have my master course up on alchemyofcreation.com, but um, on .org, but I just want to get more serious about the way that I am implementing strategies on promoting that shit and making money from it and building financial success because I've been coming to these realizations about my limiting beliefs and I'm tired of playing into them. So um, yeah, I definitely am eager to put some, some work behind that and yeah, I'm at the point in my life where I'm actually realizing that like I'm allowed to have whatever the fuck it is that I wanted to have. So like before I started traveling, I felt like I had to get rid of absolutely everything, like everything ranging from like my bed to like my TV to my car. I had just bought my first car in February and I love her. And I was like, oh, well, if I'm traveling, like I'm not going to be able to like pay for my hostels and pay for my car note. But I'm like, no, why the fuck would I not be able to do that? Like I could get my car shipped out here if I want. Like that's just dumb as fuck for me to be playing into the fact that like, I don't think I'm deserving of whatever it is that I'm I'm deserving of. And so, um, yeah, I had to, you know, hit that over my head a few times, but I'm definitely in the, in the position of claiming everything that is mine and more. So that's that's what's next <laughs> as you should yeah. as you really should because I mean I've just known like you've been in the social media game for a while you've been making content for what like seven years now or so oh yeah I'll, eight nine oh eight, nine. So nine yeah so you're like you're a master at your craft and so I can't wait to see what you do next honestly because I know it's gonna be great I know it's gonna be dope thank you thank you thank you <laughs> yeah and so Trinity, thank you so much for making the time to come on my podcast. I know we've had some technical difficulties, but thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for staying and thank you for sharing and showing up and being transparent. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, folks, thanks for rocking with me and listening to this episode of Above the Mean. If you liked it, make sure to go comment and subscribe. I'll be leaving links to the books discussed as well as all Trinity's handles in the description below. Make sure to tune in next week when I introduce the new podcast theme for the month of November. And as always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.